0: Louise McSherry on 2FM
1: Five years since Lemonade so I thought I'd play you Formation today from Beyonce Beyonce if you're listening I know you are um, and it would be great to wake up one of these mornings and discover that you had dropped a new album just saying like I, w- I personally feel I would get a lot from that and I think there are other people who would as well okay now that I've given her that note it is time for us to talk about the news good morning Aoife Moore
0: From one Beyonce to an hour. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They do call you the Beyonce of dairy. I've heard that. <laughs> How are you doing?
0: I'm good, I'm going to go outside my 5k today, so I'm quite excited I'm going to go the town. Ooh. Ooh. Wow! Might buy a sandwich in a different shop, it's all happening.
1: I was just thinking, I actually have not been into town in months, like I, I, yeah. I don't think I'd know what to do, what do you do in town?
0: Well, it's dead, like yeah. I was at, I go in for work, you know, for press conferences and stuff and yeah. it is it's weird. It's it's exactly like it was at the start of COVID. Like mm. it's very, very quiet. Mm. I suppose I'm there during the week too, so there are probably even less people
1: around. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully that'll change soon. So I suppose mm-hmm. Eva like what do we have to talk about? We have to talk about the coronavirus. <laughs> How are we getting on?
0: Um, we're all right. So last night, the cases were just over 400. Again, Um, we had a bit of a dip there during the week when we went back up mm. Um, to over 600. Now they kind of knew that this was going to happen because you know, stuff is reopening. We had older children back at school, all that kind of stuff was going to come back into the mix. And there was a pretty serious outbreak in intel mm. uh, uh, within a group of construction workers I think they said the confirmed number was over 70 mm. so that's incredibly worrying mm. but they did say that they kind of knew that this would happen you know we all know this and as people start moving around more this is what's going to happen mm. however the good news is so we're up to 1.3 million doses of the vaccine been given out Woohoo. Uh, I know, and we're trucking along. We start to, we're we really starting to cook with gas now. So yesterday, sorry, Thursday, saw 39,000 vaccinations given out, which <sighs> is the most that's been given out in a day. And we're starting to really get into our rhythm now, which is really, really good. It is. um, Because we all know how slow and stunted it's been. And then news just came in this morning that the FDA in America have recommended they restart using Johnson Johnson.
1: Yeah, I was saying to the guys here, I was like, it's like being on the world's worst roller coaster this vaccine. (laughs) Like we're in, we're out, we're in, we're up, we're down. I know. But that is great news.
0: Yeah, and NIAC were the immunization committee here were waiting, I think, to hear what the Americans were gonna do with Mm. Johnson and Johnson. So that's good news for us Mm. and we heard during the week, Leo Edgar the Tannis Jack, told his parliamentary party meeting that if we didn't get Johnson & Johnson back on, we it would be very hard for us to hit our target mm. of 80% of adults having one jab by June, but mm. now it's back on. So that as the Taoiseach said during the week, the target is still the target, but mm. we don't know how quickly that will maybe we'll be able to get there. Mm. But things are looking up. And then also just because we were talking about it last week, The story that Stephen Donnelly wanted to maybe look at giving 18 to 30-year-olds, that's a Um, non-runner. It came out basically an hour after that we were on the phone, or a day after, that it's a non-runner. It's not happening. So we're still going
1: age-based, and we're still in people in their mid-60s at the minute. Which is, you know, which is great because I think it's just in terms of like public mood and the general feeling as we start to get people vaccinated based on age and as the age gets lower and lower, we're all going to know more and more people who are getting that vaccine. Like mm-hmm. my father-in-law is getting his first uh, dose of the vaccine tomorrow. And like it's, it, I, you know, you get a, such a lift from it. It's such a thrill to know that it's happening and we are chipping away. And yes, it has been really trying (laughs) it has not been smooth it has been very difficult and at times it has been very disheartening but we are getting there
0: Mm -hmm. we will we will get there and as you say you know I have a bit of a different outlook because all my family and friends (coughs) are in the north and they're at like um, 39 to 35 now. so some of my friends are starting to get their vaccine Mm -hmm. um, which is they're all getting the AstraZeneca up there and yeah it's just a game changer like it's such a relief for people and they're starting to get out and you know we know that it's coming for
1: us too we just have to wait a wee bit longer and we will get there how jealous of are you of your friends who were able to get their hair done this week oh I know like I saw like
0: Michelle O'Neill and Arlene Foster talking about it (laughs) yesterday and then my friend was in uh, Marks and Spencer's in Enniskill and and she saw Arlene Foster telling the checkout man that she was going to get her hair done
1: (laughs) (laughs) a huge thing it's so and it's a real equalizer isn't it like I mean even that you're talking about Michelle O'Neill and Arlene Foster in the same breath like but you know we all need our hair done everybody Um, needs their hair done okay now unfortunately we need to talk about what's going on in India because it sounds like things are really bleak there
0: yeah so India actually were one of the first when they when COVID first came around went under a pretty sharp uh lockdown Mm. and they had been locked down for quite a while and they managed to get somewhat of a hold on it and now you basically think kind of mix of a couple of different things, but a bit of complacency has set in and it is horrendous there. You know, one day they had daily caseload of 332,000 mm. cases. Absolutely huge. Like we know in some parts of India there are issues with um, accommodation and people living in really close quarters, which obviously when it comes to COVID-19 and we saw here in direct provision and other situations can be really dangerous. Mm. So... Uh, to make matters worse, during the week, some hospitals ran out of oxygen. Um, they were rationing oxygen um, oh. between patients, which is uh, the, one of the scariest things I've ever heard. Yeah. They had special freight trains trying to transport the oxygen across India yeah. to the hospitals that needed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just been horrendous, they reckon. A um, the bit of complacency, but there's also been a few Hindu festivals. There's been cricket yeah. matches, a few things like that. Also, the man who runs India, Modi, is a kind of Trump-like character. Right. And we know that COVID <laughs> does not do well with Trump-like leaders. No, it um, certainly you know, does not. <laughs> it certainly does people not. People full a bluster with yeah. little respect for science. Yeah. Um, and that's basically, it's the world's worst kind of mixture of <sighs> things that could happen. Yeah. And also, I was listening to a podcast yesterday because this is how exciting I am. But uh, India also makes and manufactures a lot of vaccines. Yeah, And they're actually shipping out a lot of their vaccines because they obviously have contracts in other countries. A lot of um, the countries in Africa yeah. are getting their vaccines from India. So there has been a call for America to step in and take some of the heat off if they can give some of their vaccines yeah. to the countries
1: that India have yeah. to, and and
0: India will have some of their
1: own. It is so tricky because obviously, you know, countries do need to look after themselves and, you know, that's what we would mm-hmm. do but also if you see a country that's in this kind of, this level of crisis, it's, you know, the world has to do something. If people have more vaccines than they need then, you know, they need to be shared. Uh, Issa, can I just ask you, wherever your microphone is, it is rustling like you would not believe. <laughs> (laughs) If you could just move. No, you're absolutely fine. I think it's my hair. Well, your beautiful hair, um, (laughs) which will be done soon, is just saying hello to us a little bit too often. Thank you. That's much better. (laughs) It's okay. Um, Let's move on and talk about uh, Joe Biden and uh, Earth Day, which happened this week. There was a lot of chat around Earth Day and Joe Biden came out and was speaking, which obviously uh, makes a change from the previous years in terms of the president's message. In uh, in the words of Joe Biden, science is back. So <laughs> Earth
0: Day, <laughs> Earth Day <clears throat> this year. Um, obviously America we're going to be the focal point because we know we know that you know President Trump um withdrew from the Paris Climate Accord and all these different things that would see them kind of reach their targets for climate change. Mm. Joe Biden spoke during the week and said it would be a, deci- a decisive decade, which I think everyone agrees. You know, we really only have an X amount of time to get our act together. Mm. And basically, the U.S. are going to half their emissions by 2030. So they say from their 20, 2005 levels. Mm. So it was like a virtual summit. Usually they all meet together, but because of COVID, they couldn't. Yeah. Um, so Boris Johnson and stuff was there. There was this really strange um, speech. I mean, evergreen statement about Boris Johnson. But uh, there was this really <laughs> strange statement he made where Boris Johnson was given off about climate activists and Greta Thunberg and called her a bunny hugger. What? Very weird. The the obsession with male politicians and this teenage girl who is a climate activist boggles my mind.
1: Honestly. But um,
0: yeah, then Greta Thunberg changed her Twitter bio to bunny hugger, which I
1: thought was quite funny. She's so good at that. Um, <laughs> she's, it's almost like she lives in a generation who work really well on social media. <laughs> Yeah, isn't she it? always so. does things like that though She takes the things that these w- middle aged men Say about her and mm. uh, and really owns them And I love that about her um, Yeah
0: yeah it was even actually Leo Varadgar Said one time he was like I don't know why Anyone would go after this teenage girl Who's just trying to make the world better I find it incredibly strange it's as so well.
1: weird. Anyway that's great news um, from the US And um, in other I, I mean it's, it's weird to call it good news um, But let's talk about Derek Chauvin
0: yeah, so during the week, I'm sure everyone um was glued to I was anyway um back to CNN. It was like the elections yeah. over again. Um, but Derek Chauvin, the Minneapolis police officer who killed George Floyd, was found guilty on all three charges. Um, the jury went out. I think it was just for ten hours. Um, it was less than a day. Mm. The jury deliberated. We know that there was video evidence of uh, Derek Chauvin kneeling on George Floyd's neck. Um and repeatedly being told by George Floyd himself and onlookers to stop. Mm. He doesn't stop. We know now that George Floyd died. The trial was um incredibly um rough. You know, mm. the defense, Chauvin's defense, tried to claim that because de- uh, George Floyd had drugs in his system that he died of like a cardiac arrest and it was um, basically that it was because of the drugs in his system. Mm. And at one point they tried to say that because he <laughs> was on the ground face down next to a car exhaust that he might have had carbon monoxide poisoning. It was all very grasping straws yeah. uh, stuff. Um, but anyway, it shouldn't have even been a question considering the video evidence, however it is, when it comes to justice in America for black people. So he was found um, guilty. On all three charges, which I was really shocked by, um, because one of them was second degree murder. But he is now awaiting sentencing. Um, But it has been kind of seen as a turning point, at least, that there is some justice for people when it
1: comes to um, police violence in America. I have a little clip here, actually, of Joe Biden speaking about it. Let's have a listen.
0: Today's verdict is a step forward. Let's also be clear that such a verdict is also much too rare. For so many people, it seems like it took a unique and extraordinary convergence of factors for the judicial system to deliver a just, just basic accountability.
1: It's It shouldn't be like mm. a, a, incredible to hear the President of the United States say something like that, <laughs> but it is, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is and I think like as he said, like this is just one and it was caught on video, like how many more? Is there going to be? And, like, is now that we have to video absolutely everything. Yeah. And, you and I know, mean... we know what happened. Like, there's another yeah. two cases within the stone's throw of this courthouse where police have killed um other people so yeah yeah, it's it's I mean it is it should be a turning point but I kind of it kind of remains to be seen I'm still a bit skeptical
1: well I mean I think the fact that like you know it was pointed out by a lot of people that a teenage girl was killed in Ohio by police like literally Mm -hmm. within hours of this verdict you know it's not Mm -hmm. a problem that and, and I heard um AOC saying that you know this verdict can't replace legislation and and uh, mm-hmm. kind of you know real change in the culture and yeah there's a lot of work to be done there obviously um okay before I let you go how do you feel about explaining what went on this week in <laughs> in football which is not something we I often not, talk about but this is this I am is a big not one. too
0: proud to say that I rehearsed this last night with <laughs> my boyfriend okay so let's go let's go let's go so from <laughs> from the 1990s and in the 2000s, the proliferation of soccer and the money got into soccer has been huge and there yeah. doesn't seem to be any cap on it. So foreign investors, there's Russian oligarchs, there's people from the UAE have been buying up premiership football teams and the money just gets bigger and bigger. On Sunday, late on Sunday, uh, there was rumblings that something was going to happen and then came out the 12 teams, 12 of the so-called best teams in the world. So Juventus... Um, Chelsea, Liverpool, these teams had started their own Super League, Mm. and these 12 teams would always have a place in the Super League. So other people could come and go, but these 12 would always play. So massively unfair. They also said that any broadcast rights, commercial rights that we get out of it would, you know, the the sums of money that would be made out of it would be insane. Mm. It would also mean that these teams would stay rich forever Mm. and their standard of football would stay up because they have so much money, to buy the best players. Mm. I mean, it came out um, Sunday, Monday, and within hours, people were just saying, this is so unfair, this goes against the spirit of football, it's really not what we wanted, football is supposed to be about the fans, and I think it's the first time people have actually been like, this is a runaway train when it comes to the commercialisation of football and within two days it was like a fever dream yeah. teams started pulling out uh, James Milner who plays for Liverpool was the first player from a team involved mm. he said that he didn't want to go ahead mm. and after that the floodgates kind of opened and footballers were coming out you know, managers were coming out saying they didn't want anything to do with it. Mm. And within two days, um, teams started pulling out. And it's it's a non-goer. The thing that I found, I also listen to podcast about this, but the thing that I thought was most stark about it was they didn't have a broadcaster. Yeah. They didn't speak to fans. These 12 very, very, very rich people and their executives thought everyone's going to go along with us mm. because we're us. Mm. You know, so they didn't speak to your broadcaster, they didn't speak to fans, they didn't speak to all the normal people you would think about speaking to. Mm-hmm. And UEFA then came out, which I thought was quite funny. Um, UEFA, the football and body, came out and called the people involved snakes. Mm. <laughs> mm. There are all rats and snakes so, in yeah. this town, hon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a non-goer yeah. it's all over now it yeah. must have been love um well, and that's, I, uh, that's the end
1: of it i uh, very generously i think uh, offered up an opportunity to my husband to talk to me about it during the week as it was all happening because obviously we're all trapped at home and you know mm-hmm. you don't have anyone to talk to yeah uh, they, and need, they need something exactly <laughs> uh, and his he just basically said you know yeah the, the, it's money was already a huge problem and it will continue to be a big problem so this was just mm-hmm. symptomatic of that um, and he is the sport expert in my life so there we go I would like to say a big hello and uh, virtual medal to everyone who gave their partners or indeed to loved ones people in their lives an opportunity to talk to them about something they had little to no interest in <laughs> this week uh, we are all doing the Lord's work uh, Eva, we have more to talk about but we don't have the time so I'm going to have to let you go but thank you so much for being with us that's Eva Moore political correspondent from the Irish Examiner as always thank you. it has been a delight Light. Have a great week, Eefa. Cheers! Thanks you so later. much. Bye-bye.
0: Louise MacSharry <laughs> on 2FM.